Hello, everyone, and welcome to iCritic Live. This is the podcast where we talk about movies, pop culture, and life in between. I'm your host, Kevin T. Rodriguez, film critic of iCritic.net. And thank you so much for spending a few minutes of your time with me today. Today, we are going to be talking about uh, Netflix. But before we do, I want to mention something. And this may come off the shameless plug, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, remember how, like, a couple weeks ago, I talked about how there was an episode on J.K. Rowling that I wanted to do. Well, I have a kind of nuanced take on J.K. Rowling, her comments on things and how people react to her comments. And while I believe my um, opinions are not evil, I do not believe they are anti-trans or anything like that, I'm going to put it behind my Patreon paywall. That will be a Patreon-exclusive podcast because honestly I just don't want to deal with this stupidity. Unfortunately as much as I would like to have a civil conversation about this and there are points to be taken on both sides to be sure I'm kind of just looking at people from the outside like and it doesn't matter what point it is it doesn't matter whether it's for JK Rowling it doesn't matter if it's against JK Rowling um People will take the extreme on the topic regardless. So I've decided, you know what? I've got a Patreon. I can have exclusive podcasts there. If you really want to listen to that one, you can pay for it. And then you can scream at me as much as you want at that point because it's not going to be a freebie. So I'm just letting you know that because I don't want people to think that I chickened out of the podcast, but I do want to basically have some reward if I'm going to get my head chewed up and spit out by, well, for lack of a better word, the mobs, because I think more than one mob would be coming for me. But with that said, let's talk about Netflix right now. And uh, Netflix is definitely a very, very frustrating company for me. I, of course, like many people, I like Netflix. I like a lot of their shows. Their documentary series are especially very good. I like a lot of their original movies. In fact, a Netflix film routinely shows up on my best films of the year list, and it did this year as well. Uh, wait, did it do this year? Well, actually, maybe it didn't do. Maybe one didn't pop up this year. Maybe this was the first year in a while where a Netflix film didn't wind up on my best films of the year list. But I, I've given a lot of positive reviews to Netflix films. And they've, I've also given a lot of negative reviews to Netflix films. My biggest pet peeve with them has always been that they lock their movies behind their streaming service. They don't put them in theaters. They don't release them onto physical media unless it's through the Criterion Collection. And Criterion uh, Collection is very picky about what movies they put on, um, on their collection. They're not going to put that... Um, Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, uh, spy movie or whatever the heck it is, uh, or or The Ridiculous 7, I think, was one of the movies. They're not going to put those on Criterion Collection because those movies suck. But thankfully, I can get movies like The Power of the Dog and Roma, which was the best film of the, that year, on Criterion Channel. But Netflix does this apparently because they feel like if they put movies in theaters and they put them on physical media, people will be less likely to subscribe to Netflix. That's kind of their, been their excuse for not doing it, even though 
I know from personal experience as someone who buys all the Disney movies on Blu-ray 4K and Blu-ray 3D when they're made available, and who subscribes to Disney+, Plus, and someone who bought Oppenheimer on Ultra 4K disc, pre-ordered the holdovers on 4K, and still subscribes to Peacock, that is a nonsense argument. Uh, Christopher Nolan was absolutely correct when... He said that the studios did not even realize what they were dismantling when he referred to the physical media and the archive divisions at these studios, how everyone put all these eggs in the streaming basket. And they realized, oh shoot, we're making a lot less money now because people are paying a lot less. They are incentivized to not go to theaters. They're incentivized to not buy Blu-rays and stuff. And the subscription premium that they pay alone it doesn't cover the cost of these movies and they're trying to kind of get people back into the theaters and that's going to be a big battle but you know who's not going to help them do that is Netflix. Netflix has wanted this for a very very long time and they're finally getting it but people are definitely pushing back on it. Now then there were there was a big thing that happened and we didn't talk about it but I'm going to mention it now and that is that Scott Stuber, the guy who headed the film division of Netflix, was leaving the company. And apparently there were two primary reasons why, and this is all rumor, although Business Insider, who's a pretty reputable uh, news organization, talked about this. The two supposed um, problems were that um, Stuber wanted to do two things. One, he wanted to make less movies so that they could make better movies. And you know, hey, that is that is a good thi thing. I think less movies that are better, hey, I'll take that. I would take that over watching a bunch of completely average films. But he also wanted to put these movies in theaters. He he started seeing that, look, we did these this limited run of Glass Onion. We see that Apple and Amazon have success by putting movies in theaters. And then it, people are way more aware of it when it goes to the streaming service. And he wanted to do that. Well, apparently co-CEO Ted Sarandos and content boss Bella Bajara, Bajaria, I'm sorry, they disagreed on this. And so they are parting ways. Now, Bella Bajaria... Uh, I'm sorry, not Bazaria. Um, uh, what, this article, what does it say? So Kim Masters at The Hollywood Reporter said, that's the narrative emerging via two reports from well-sourced Hollywood pros. Now, Matt Baloney at Puck um, did write in a Puck article, um, in the end, it was a cordial conversation according to two well-placed sources. Whether Stuber is jumping voluntarily or fleeing his own execution, he, Sarandos, and content chief Bella Bajaria all agreed it was time. Stuber never believed in making 85 films a year. <laughs> I don't... That's insane. Um, he'd been around long enough and run other another film studio that put out less than a third of that volume to know that the quality necessarily suffers with that sort of conveyor belt. Uh, yeah, remember all those TV movies, uh, the movie of the week? Gosh, I might be... I might be um, old enough to remember. Maybe it's not a lot of you do, but um, you know there are like ABC's movie of the week where it's like they made like a new movie every single week. And you know some of these movies are really good. I don't want to say they're not. There's a couple that are absolutely great. Maybe we'll do an episode about TV movies that were much much better than they had any right to be. But the reason we say that they're much more likely to be is because most of these TV movies 
were done on the cheap, they were done quickly, and the quality suffered. Like, you could tell the difference between a TV movie and a theatrical film. And at first, when Netflix started doing this, when they just made like a couple, you couldn't really tell the difference. But now that they're making so many of them, they might not have a TV aesthetic look, if you will, but you can still tell the difference between a made-for-Netflix movie and a made-for-theatrical movie. Anyway, let's continue with what um, Belloni said. He said, Internally, it was no secret that Stuber wanted Netflix to employ a version of the Apple and Amazon's film strategies. Fewer releases, maybe 20 a year, with some higher budget or franchise potential that would be given marketing and meaningful theatrical windows, which would then generate higher engagement on the service. Sarandos and Bajeria, Stuber's boss since last January, wanted none of that, even though Netflix lost, loses many coveted projects over the theater issue. Christopher Nolan, for example, wouldn't even consider Netflix when he auctioned the right to make Oppenheimer. At Sundance this week, I talked to two separate filmmakers who feared having to take a Netflix deal if no theatrical distributor stepped up. What's basically being said is that, yes, you do see filmmakers making movies for Netflix, and that's usually a last resort. Like, here's something that's crazy. David Fincher has made his last few movies for Netflix, the most recent one being The Killer. These are all movies that should be in theaters, and yet... It seems like only Netflix wants to bank them, so they go to Netflix. And it's like, why? These movies would be great in theaters. But there you have it. Now, that was one thing. And then you had this, um, well, the, this second quote um, from Bella Bajaria. Because of this controversy, she was asked whether or not... Um, they would do more theatrical. And um, she said, we're the only real pure play streamer and our members love films and they want to see films on Netflix. I think a lot of companies and businesses do theatrical and it's great business for them. It's just not our business. Our business is to make sure that members come to Netflix, they're in the mood for a movie and they get that movie that they want to see and that is always going to be the focus for us. Making great movies for Netflix that members want to see. Now, first of all, this quote definitely blew up on um, X and Facebook and everything like that in the sense that people were saying like, uh, no, I do want to see movies in theaters. Are you nuts? And I concur completely. In fact, uh, as of this recording tomorrow, although by the time this is published, uh, this will, um, well... It, it will be in the past. Uh, Netflix will be debuting a new DreamWorks movie. Let me see if I can't find the name of the title. Uh, it's not me the new Megamind movie that's coming on Peacock. That's basically a <laughs> direct-to-video uh, thing, and... Uh, maybe it'll be good, but uh, I don't know. I would definitely prefer if Megamind stayed its own thing. Um, oh, but the movie is called Ryan and the Dark. This is an animated movie that was written by Charlie Kaufman. Um, hold on, let me make sure. Yeah, Charlie Kaufman from Being John Malkovich and Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. And it's directed by Sean Chermatz, who... 
was the story artist for SpongeBob SquarePants and the head of the story of the Angry Birds movie too. I actually <laughs> didn't mind the Angry Birds movie too. That was pretty good. And I think DreamWorks sold it to Netflix because it was a, such a kooky idea and it was kind of a financial risk in theaters. So they sold it to Netflix, and yet the reviews say that it is an excellent movie. It should be on theaters. It should be on the big screen. And I looked. Even the movie theater that Netflix owns in San Bernardino, they're not showing this movie. And it even has like a TVY7 rating. They're treating this like it's a TV movie. Even though I'm looking at these screenshots, and it's like, no, that, that looks like a theatrical movie. That looks like a theatrical movie. But they're not gonna put in theaters because reasons. Now, of course, the big question is, why is Netflix being so stubborn about this? Because the data is there. If your movie goes to theaters first, it will be bigger on streaming. Even if it flops in the theaters, a flop that was released theatrically first will still do better on streaming than an original good movie that is released on streaming because of the awareness of the project you know, people saw the ads, at least people talked about a little bit. Movies that debut on streaming get talked about for maybe a week or two, and then they fall off the radar. That's one of the reasons why Ted Sarandos doesn't want to cut down on his movie uh, churning machine, because if people are only thinking about a movie for like one or two weeks out of the year, then of course they got to put a movie up every week, because how else are you going to get people to keep tuning into Netflix? But it is clear that Netflix is literally throwing money away when they um, put their movies on theaters. Now, let's talk a second for about Killers of the Flyer Moon. Now, this movie was meant to go to Apple TV Plus first, and then Apple decided they wanted to do more theatrical. They did movies straight to, the to streaming first, but they started to commit to theatrical. And they spent $200 million on a movie called Killers of the Flower Moon. Maybe you've heard of it. Ten Oscar nominations, including Best Picture and Director and Actress. So there you go. But they spent $200 million on this thing. And at $200 million, there was like, how many people do you need to subscribe to Apple TV Plus to get that money back? Um, I mean, I know you can calculate that, but the bottom line is, realistically, no one's going to do that. So what do they do? They put it into theaters. Now, the movie doesn't recoup its budget in theaters. Worldwide, it makes $156.7 million. So it is a flop. It is a flop. But here's the thing. If they put it on streaming first, they would have made $0. They recouped a lot of their investment by doing this. So here's the thing. If you are truly making movies for streaming, then putting them in theaters should not matter because you will get at least some of that money back and you will raise awareness. Now that the movie is technically out of theaters except for those best picture screenings, a lot of people who saw that got all these Oscar nominations, hey, they know where to go. Apple TV Plus. So there, there you go. But why won't Netflix do it? And you know what? I think I have a pretty good answer for that one. So I was talking to a friend and he said that people, there is a psychology thing, like they've done studies, this is psychologically true, where people who have success are resistant to make changes because they rely on that success. So Netflix has always been known as the disruptor. 
like, hey, we're going to disrupt Blockbuster's business because, you know, people would go to the store to rent a movie. We're going to do it by mail. And then it's like, we're going to disrupt the mail by DVD service. We're going to do streaming. Oh, and by the way, because eventually other people might want to make their own streaming services, we're going to make original stuff because we want to become them before they become us. By the way, that was one of the smarter things they did. And so they have always lived and died by we are disruptors. We disrupt the industry. And so there must be this internal fear in there that if they embrace theatrical, that's not an industry they can disrupt per se. Like, they can put their movies in theaters, but what are you disrupting? You are embracing old technology. Netflix's core foundation was fighting that technology. Right now, the movie theaters, they still see the movie theaters as the enemy. Like, like the theaters are competing with Netflix. Even though I want to point out that, hey, Disney owns ABC, and even though they still made their movies of the week and everything like that, they still saw value in putting Disney films in theaters. So, just making that, just pointing that out. And then there's probably another psychological thing where I think they feel that if they embrace theatrical distribution, it's like they're throwing in the towel, like they're waving the flag, like they're saying, okay, you are all right. We're going to make a lot more money with theatrical than we will on streaming. So we're going to put theatrical. And then what differentiates them from just another movie studio? Because Paramount owns Paramount Plus, Disney owns Disney Plus, NBC Comcast owns Peacock. Like, what is to prevent people from claiming that Netflix is not just another movie studio if they embrace the old ways? Even if they will literally make more money, they will at least recoup some, if not all, of the cost of all of these movies that they're making. It might, to them, seem like they're waving the flag. They're, you know, basically giving up on their disruption status. And so they just don't want to do it. And I think that is a shame because, I mean, look, they did that Glass Onions, A Knives Out, uh, one-week limited theatrical release, and it made $15 million. Now, here's the thing. That is not enough to recoup the almost $400 million they, they spent for those two movies. Like, really, that was a stupid amount of money that they spent on those Glass uh, Knives Out movies. But at just about 600 screens for one week, they made about $15 million. What if they extended the theatrical run by another couple weeks? They might have made 50 or $60 million. What if they had come out of the gate at 3,000 screens and they did that for one week? Maybe they would have made over $70 million. Like, you never know what could happen. And I think Rex Reed, when talking about the box office, even said something along the line of, well, we left a ton of money on the table by not keeping it in um, theaters. And it's like, yeah, but why? Why are you doing that? It's clear there's an audience. It's clear people want to see those movies in theaters, especially if they're good. I was, you know, one of the few people who saw Maestro at the TLC IMAX. They did it for one night. And this just shows how much money Netflix wastes. Like, they put Maestro through the 
a Netflix DMR process. They made it so that it could look and sound great on this giant screen. In fact, if you see Maestro in the IMAX, you can understand completely why it gets a nomination for Best Sound at the Academy Awards. They spent all this money to do this for a one-night event? Like, are you kidding me? So here's, so here's the thing. Uh, bottom line, I don't think Netflix is going to change anytime soon. I think they're going to need to have like a new CEO before anything substantial changes. I, I think they were testing the waters because they were losing subscribers at the time. But now that they're gaining subscribers again because of the password crackdown, now they're not as interested in doing that anymore. Uh, I think either Ted Sarandos is going to have to go or they're going to have to have another quarter where they lose subscribers and then they're pressured to find new places to find money. I think that's the only way Netflix is going to come back to uh, screen um, movies theatrically. So uh, anyway, that's the topic for today. In the meantime, what do you think? If you are on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment. Uh, check. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on either Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever podcast you use. And as always, flame responsibly. Have a good one.